Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Tenth Fast and Furious Movie, They Will Go to Space. Joining me this episode is writer and performer, Mr. Nickel. Hey, that's me. How's it going? I'm excited. In preparation for this, I have brought up several IMDb pages and thought for a while. So, you know, I am top of my game. That's more than I do. Okay, I should take notes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You don't have to. I don't know if that's what we're doing no, here. I Actually, I totally lied. I've opened exactly two tabs in preparation for this podcast. The Wikipedia Ooh. article for the Fast and Furious series and my own podcast okay. website after I fucked up the name of it last time in the intro. <laughs> I mean, you got a real word burger of a podcast title there, but I, I liked it good enough that I did a little image for you. So. It's true. I love that. Thank you. It's no problem. Yeah. That was kind of one of the things I loved about it was the impracticality of the name and also the impracticality of the domain that I bought for this. Oh, did you do the whole name as the domain? Yeah, because you can because dot space is a top level domain. Oh my god. <laughs> so I bought in the 10th Fast and Furious movie they will go to space.com. In the 10th Fast and Furious movie they will go to dot space. And also ITTFAFMTWGTS.com or whatever. It's a real, like, Doctor Strange love or how I love to like learn to stop wearing yeah. in love with the bomb kind of thing to it. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, it's kind of obvious from what it says on the tin, but I stole a little bit, as in I stole the title because I've never bothered listening to it from uh, the McElroy brothers will be in Trolls 2. I mean, listen, if they could will that into being, then we can do anything. Yeah, here. exactly. Hold on. Vamp for a second while I push pause and cough. Yeah, you can do whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to edit all of this out. It doesn't matter. I can say whatever I want, chat. You can't hear me. Yeah, that's right. This is all missing footage. This will come out behind the Patreon wall. Um, It's not going to work this time because it literally is just my next thing to edit. But I like leaving notes for myself and stuff where I'll just be like, hey, future Andrew, when you're editing this, don't forget to da 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 da. I've been leaving future notes to myself in Animal Crossing, but like. Some of them I've been leaving really late at night, and I'm going to be honest, they're kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, so like, hang on. This is how you're dealing with the pandemic, is you're just staying up late and negging yourself on Animal Crossing? Yeah, and then it'll be like a week later, and I've 100% forgotten about it, and I'm all excited because I'm like, oh, I got mail in Animal Crossing. That's always fun. And I open it up, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, what's going on, you giant piece of shit? You're just sitting on the couch in your underwear playing Animal Crossing? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's happening. You nailed it past me. You know how you do. I know how you do. So yeah, that's a fun game. If the people out there listening want to play that, uh, make your future self via Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. Really via any video game that you can send notes to yourself in. Yeah, I call it yeeting feels, where you just (laughs) throw them into the future. Mm. All right. Well, I feel like we've gone way off topic enough and aren't talking about anything to do with the Fast and Furious movie, which is on brand for this podcast. So let me ask you the question. Yes. The only question, which is in the 10th Fast and Furious movie, we know that they are going to go to space. How do you think they're going to get there? All right. Now I've been thinking about this. Mm -hmm. First of all, before I say anything else, just before it falls out of my head, the fact that the Fantastic Furious movie nine is just called F9. (laughs) Yeah. Which if you're on an an Apple Mm -hmm is mission control Ah, it's i'm on Uh, on an older apple so it's skip track for me 
Yeah, yeah. But if you do, if you do function F nine, that brings up mission control. So I think they're trying to tell uh, us something. I thought it was just basically thumbing their nose at all the people who complained about Fate of the Furious, where it was F eight. I mean, that was they were really leaving some money on the table yeah. with that. They're, one, they're just like, you know what? Fine, fuck you. The next one's just called F nine. Like, you don't want letters and numbers here. Fine. I would love if they insist that it's pronounced like f the word nine like fnine no it's fnine yeah can i get a ticket to fnine please uh i'm fnine. sorry what fnine so in ffx which i imagine will be the it's next one, be. right yeah in an earlier podcast you were vehemently against starting in space so we start in space <laughs> <laughs> okay yes go on it's where we're going we're starting, starting in, in space. space all right so very first frame, we're looking at an Earthrise from the moon, mm-hmm. which is always beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what do you see but a fully space-suited individual just leaping out of a moon crater on, like, a really high-powered motorcycle? <laughs> okay, just yeah. the back tail of it kicking out, they're doing a bit of a trick, mm-hmm. and they're just, like, flying mm-hmm. through. They're in hot pursuit behind them, a couple random, like, nameless goons. Yeah. And the camera pans out and you see that they're racing towards this like moon station that's kind of on the edge in between the dark and light side of the moon. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's on the Terminator, like right on the line. Yeah, yeah, right on the line. (laughs) So they're going in there, this big action sequence. I'm not an action guy, I'm a dialogue guy. So I'm just going to say that an action sequence happens. One of my favorite pages of any script ever was in one of the Scream movies. It just said, and then Wes Craven makes it scary. So that, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then leave it to yeah. the experts. So at this point, you should pause the podcast, open up YouTube, watch your favorite action sequence from any movie, and then come back here. We'll wait. I should note that in the background, I would like you to be playing Breathe with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're in space. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's like it's a down 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 down. I think that's as much as we can get before the copyright strike. Um, yeah, I don't want to get the answer yeah, yeah. again. So the individual has defeated the guards in some spectacular way, hopefully walking away from a moon explosion, mm-hmm. and which is hard to do in a badass way because you got that kind of hippity hop to your giddy up on that one. Yeah, well, and also like there's, I mean, there's theoretically no oxygen for there to be an explosion, but I'm just picturing like an enormous like font of like moon dust and rocks and stuff. It, it does that thing that the like sonic charge from Slave One does, which I know, of course, the people listening to this won't have any context for, but it just does like the boom. You know, it's, like, it's like a blue power pulse. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. So he does that as he's going into the base. He walks by the like uh, full Apollo moon lander, which is entirely anachronistic because not all the parts would have been there. But they just want that. <laughs> so they, they have the entire thing with the with the the capsule that goes back still there. Yeah, yeah, all of it yeah. there that should not have been there. <laughs> but maybe it like says like Apollo like seventeen or something on it. They're like, ooh, <laughs> like I don't care. But he goes in. Uh, he breaks into this moon base. And he's going through and he does another like little bit of action scenes, taking out a couple of goons. And this is just a spacesuit to us at this point. It has not been revealed. This is still just an individual in a spacesuit. Okay, suit. cool. Yeah. No, I am with you so far. So he takes off the helmet in the middle of one fight and uses it to bash a goon. Mm-hmm. And you see it's Vin Diesel right. that's been doing this the whole yes. time. Because of course yeah. it is. So we watch through some like security cameras of him taking out more people as like a shadowy individual is watching over mm-hmm. him. And then... He gets himself into a little bit of a pickle, gun to the side of the head. Yeah. And they say, we've been expecting you. And the security camera shows from the back of his neck, triple X. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this whole time, it's been Xander K. The entire time, it's been Xander K. So this video footage of the back of his neck, mm-hmm. it then zooms out of that video footage. We're now in a completely new locale. Yeah. And we've got Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell. Yeah. And he's showing Vin Diesel this. <laughs> and he's like, Dom, I thought we'd never have to bring him in, but it looks like your brother's in trouble. <laughs> oh, the crossover we never knew we needed. Right? So that's the setup. That is my, like, that's my big action pitch for the start of this. Where you're like, oh, like, hey, they're already in space. What's going on? It's weird that we didn't see how Dom would get to space. You didn't yet. Because it's Xander Cage in Yeah, space. no, I mean, it doesn't break my rule, which is not a real rule, but it doesn't matter. So that's my setup. I like that. I don't have the full story from here, but I got some beats if you want. I feel like we have a lot of rich material to work with right from the start there. Like, so Okay, yeah, yeah, let's discuss this. Let's let's get into this. Xander Cage exists in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Which means we get Ruby Rose in on yep. this. We can get Rory McCann, the Hound, in. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube is now in the mix. Ice Cube is definitely in the mix. Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been a while. We, we should have gotten him in way before this, but Sam Jackson can come in. Yeah. I mean, if anybody out there actually, like, watched that, like, quasi-reboot, which was actually just a sequel, question mark, of the X movie, like, it very much did try and do the same thing for that franchise that Fast Five did for the Fast and Furious movies. It was just, mm-hmm. what if we nakedly rebooted it as an ensemble cast <laughs> kind of heisty movie? And they were like, kind of like Fast Five, shut up. Don't just let us do our thing, no, like man. The, like the Expendables. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they would just like wind up in the same universe. We have access to a whole bunch of new characters. But before yeah. we super dive into that, I love the idea that at this point, this will be Dom's second secret brother. Because John <laughs> Cena is his secret brother in Fanine. Yeah. So Dominic Toretto is a twin. And then John Cena is their... I don't know, older, younger brother. I don't remember. It's hard. John Cena is weirdly the exact same age as John Oliver. I'm not sure how that helps us. <laughs> right? That's the thing. We're like, I don't know if time exists to John Cena. Yeah, he's just sort of immortal. We still have Don and the crew down on Earth. We have Mr. Nobody. And then we have Triple X on the moon with this shadowy organization that we haven't seen yet. We don't know who that is or yes. anything. We are not aware yet. This is great. I love this as a setup. Where do we go from here? Okay, so so we're back down on Earth, mm-hmm. and Dom's like, I ain't going to space. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. apparently it turns out this whole time, Dom has a very big fear of space. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are we talking full-on phobia, or it just kind of, like, freaks him out and he doesn't want to do it if he can avoid it? I think there was another Toretto who died in space. <laughs> Dom was not a twin, but a triplet? I'm not sure if it was even like a Dom or like, it could have been like a sister. It could have been yeah. a, a cousin. Some, there was a Toretto whose corpse is on there. The moon. There was another Toretto whose corpse is on the moon and we'll just, we'll hire whatever WWE wrestler is available to play that person. I don't know. Bray Wyatt. Sure. Love it. I can only name about four wrestlers. So Mr. Nobody's going on and like, listen, like we got some really good resources here. We got a lot of fun and we don't have go to space money as it is. So it's not even an option to go up there and save him. And now that they've told him he can't go to space, Dom's like, well, it looks like I'm going to space. Yeah, now that they've told him, now that they've told him it's impossible. Yeah, they told him it's impossible. They told him he's not funded. Uh, they told him he's on his own. He's like, looks like we're going to space. I also, I actually kind of like that as a way of like going to space while weirdly grounding it at the same time. 
because, quote unquote, the government has definitely served the story purpose of we can do anything technologically or financially. We just sort of attribute it to shadowy government trillions kind of thing. And the yeah. fact that they're just kind of like, listen, we are fucking dry, man. Like we can't we can't do anything till next fiscal. Sorry. So obviously they're going to have to go to private funding. Yeah. Which is where an, an Elon no. Musk character. Comes. No, 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 no. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, Kiko. But stay with yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Stay right, with I'm me. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to hold your hand the whole I'm way. I'm focusing. Way. I'm with you. So Take me on this journey. E character, which is to say a shadowy billionaire who it's uncertain what he does, but has a lot of money and things to do with it. Okay. And this is where we bring in Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> okay. All right. So Jeff Goldblum is trying to make a tourist location on the moon. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah, he's getting into space tourism. Which Goldblum is kind of showing up for this character? Uh, I think Thor Ragnarok. Okay, that, that's what I was also picturing, is just like that kind of like, uh, he's very, kind of very casual and chill, but like unintentionally a little scary, but also like seems very fuzzy on the details of everything, but is somehow immensely powerful. My imagination for the intro of this character is, Dom is told that this guy wants to do space tourism, so he needs some sort of stunt spectacular on the moon, which is how they originally recruited Xander Cage. Yes. We don't know that yet, though. We don't know that yet, but like they're like, oh, we need a stunt spectacular on the moon. Yeah. To prove it, you're going to have to prove you're the best driver on Earth before we can send you to the moon. So... They're doing this contest kind of thing, and Dom walks right up to who has been introduced, and all these posters and kind of stuff has been showing this billionaire, and it hasn't been Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. There's been some stand-in celebrity mm -hmm. for who like the billionaire is. Just handsome, make huge jaw. Yeah, uh, it could, it could be uh, Ryan Gosling. Let's say it's Ryan, yeah, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so Ryan got Ryan got Ryan Gosling's the face. Yeah, so Dom walks right up and just clocks Gosling, <laughs> like, just one punches him out. Yeah. And then there's a there's a nice slow clap, <laughs> and from behind the curtain, like, uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Out comes Jeff Goldblum and is like, "That takes guts. We need guts in this race." <laughs> yeah. So he's very impressed. I especially like we do it early enough that Triple X and the shadowy organization and everything. And then it makes sense that Dom would be involved in this other thing. Like, no, I'm going to go because this will be my ticket to space. And then once I'm there, I can go and see what's going on with my brother, Triple X, Yeah, you know, when I'm already on the moon. So we have some sort of impossible race uh -huh. where it's won by space Nas or something yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh, this is the more advanced Nas that we've thought up that's, you know, that's going to come around. So Dom obviously wins this race in some impossible way. I imagine ending it driving backwards with his car on fire. Uh, <laughs> As is his want. Yeah. And the assistant to Jeff Goldblum, who I'm just going to say uh, off the top of my head and 100% correct, Jay Brushnell. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, he totaled the car. He wrecked the track. He like, he lived, oh, it's the worst ever. And Goldblum's like, and he uh, won over the audience. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at their delighted faces. <laughs> so this is the worst Goldblum. And I apologize. It's okay. He's very thrilled that Dom has destroyed everything in accomplishing his task. So he's set to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. This is the test. Like, they're still down on earth this was the point. test they're still on earth okay keep going so you're gonna have to go to some sort of boot camp to like all right we're gonna give you like the three-day intensive astronaut training so we can get that montage out of here with your whole crew because i'm not including the crew but it's always an assumption that there's 
other people milling about. Yeah, Dom's entourage kind of follows him. I've been operating on the assumption in a lot of these on the actual real world assumption, which is everybody else will be there except for The Rock and Jason Statham kind of thing. So he has to go to boot camp and they were talking the whole time about how there's this hard ass astronaut drill instructor. Mm -hmm. He's been to space. He's fought like battles in space. You don't even know what's going on up there. And out steps Bruce Willis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. And Dom's like, you ever fought on the moon? And he's like, I've blasted an asteroid or two. And he like looks directly down the barrel of the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Just complete full on fourth wall. Like, yeah, (laughs) practically and literally winks at the audience. Yeah, quietly holds up a Blu-ray copy <laughs> of Armageddon. <laughs> Available now. Yeah, there's like one of those codes you can scan with your phone to just insta-buy <laughs> Oh my god. Because at this point, why hold back? So anyways, yeah. Bruce Willis trains them. Yeah. And in the training sequence, in the middle of the montage, Bruce Willis pulls him aside and he's like, I thought I already sent you up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And he's like, He's like, no, no, that was my brother. And he's like, well, family's everything. And he goes, like, just repeats family's everything. And they just keep repeating family is everything until both of their foreheads are touching. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that moment's very important to me. Yeah, the camera just, like, really lingers on that. Yeah, yeah. So Bruce Willis is obviously on Dom's side and working against Jeff Goldblum now. We've just established that because he's told him how much family is everything. Yeah, yeah. That's the one quality you need to know to judge a person is, do they care about their family? Yes. Same team. Yeah, so he goes to space on the Nas rocket. Uh, hold up, hold up. Before we leave the planet here, I don't want to rush into this. I like the fact that we're including a prep montage here. You know, the team does the space boot camp thing. I just recently introduced my partner, Sonia, to Interstellar for the first time. And one of the things that she liked about it was that they just kind of skip over that. The minute he decides to leave his house, it just kind of cuts to the rocket taking off. I talked to her a lot about how much I love that as well. Not just because they skip kind of the tropey scene, but also because it really emphasized the departure from Murph's perspective and the length and breadth of the journey and communicates all of that to the audience. But here, where we are going to the moon, we absolutely want that scene. Yeah, that's going to be like a good 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, this is going to be a noticeable chunk of the movie. We already know that Tyrese is going to be the one who vomits in the spinning whatever thing, right? Yeah. They're going to be doing the underwater testing. Someone farts in a space. Yeah. You know what? Because I see his names in F9. Michael Rooker farts in a spacesuit, mm-hmm. and they're like trying to hold the fart in between the umbilical air tube. Kind of trying to trap it in there in the middle. You know, you're going to get the lightheartedness out right now. Well, hang on a second. Let me see what the order is here. Because it's, I think this should be a gritty one. I'm not saying it should be a gritty fart, but it should be a little bit of a gritty movie <laughs> because the way that it's worked so far is that oh, right, the, the alternation. Exactly. The odd-numbered ones are a little sillier. The even-numbered ones are a little more serious. Like, that holds true for 5, 6, 7, 8. It does not look that way for 9 based on the trailer, but we'll see. There'll be a deleted scene with the fart. Yeah. So now this lesson that I'm about to bring in here, I learned from the 1986 Transformers movie, mm-hmm. which is we're about to kill off half of the cast in a completely nonsensical way. Ooh. Wait, like on takeoff? They're halfway up on the Nas rocket, which guarantees almost instantaneous flight to the moon, which is the tourist angle of it. Yeah. And they're in two cabins and Dom is in his and that's when Cypher comes onto the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. The moon is closed for business. 
I'm sorry to tell you, the moon is undergoing some renovations at this time. Yeah, but luckily, as they do in films, the bombs in the ship they've installed mm-hmm. have red blinky lights and obvious countdown clocks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I don't know why you would try to make it noticeable that it's there. So Vin Diesel manages to like unhook and undo all of his. Yeah. But he looks back to the secondary cabin where like half of the cast yeah. that has made it this far is, and it just, it's gone. It's just done. Ooh, okay. Who makes it? Who doesn't here? Oh, okay. I'm going to, you know what? Let's go through the list. Michelle Rodriguez is fine. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is fine. Okay. I love that I am not the only person who just calls everybody by their actor name. I'm not calling them their character names. The only character in this whole thing that gets a name is Xander King. <laughs> okay. That's purely out of, like, logistics. So Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster, they've gone off to happiness or whatever. They're chilling in Fiji. Tyrese. Tyrese makes Tyrese it. Tyrese makes it. Okay. Ludicrous. Gone. Oh, damn. And we're making the hard cuts. Okay. Lucas Black. I was going to say Kurt Russell is gone, though. Oh, I assume Kurt Russell was on the ground. No, that's the thing. He sees Kurt Russell in there. He's like, I didn't even know you were on the <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Lucas Black plays Sean Boswell, the protagonist of Tokyo Drift. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Uh, Han. No, Han's fine. Okay. We can't do Han that dirty. We cannot do Han that dirty. All right. And then, well, Giselle's already passed away. And Dwayne Johnson and Jason Satham aren't there. I was going to say, and also further on in the movie, Vin Diesel is going to be like, I can't believe Deckard and Hobbs were in there. <laughs> Like they aren't seen, but he's just met. They're not seeing the whole film, but he's just going to claim they yeah. were in the explosion. Fuck. Okay, wait, hang on. I got a couple more here for you. What about Natalie Emmanuel? Ooh. How's she doing? Is she trying to hack the bombs or like? You know what I'm going to give Natalie is that she manages to eject. Okay. But she's like now in space, but like she'll come back in like third act. She'll Okay, she'll... yeah. She's the we think you're dead, but you aren't. This is so many people. This is like a reverse executive decision. Well, here's the thing is we need to sell the new toys for the next season. Okay. So this is the Transformers move where you're just killing a bunch of people off. So now we have room on the roster to bring some folks in. Okay, I have two more names that I need to check on. Okay. Two more characters. Helen Mirren. I would never kill Helen Mirren. Right. <laughs> Helen Mirren's back on Earth. And then the last one, who will definitely be a member of the crew in FFX, because it's how they've handled it fucking so far, is John Cena. John Cena's fine. Okay. But I don't think John Cena was on this flight. I think John Cena, we're going to figure out, was already on the base. Okay. John Cena was sent for Xander Cage before Dom was sent for Xander Cage, is what we'll find out. So we're losing Ludacris. We're losing... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. We're losing Tokyo Drift. I forgot his name already. Yeah. That's going to come back to haunt me. Lucas Black. Thank you. And Natalie Emanuel gets fired off into space. Okay, so it's actually only a couple of people. No, but it's still for a singular event. It's pretty big. Yeah, that is several important characters dead. I guess in my mind, when I said uh, reverse executive decision, I got really kind of locked into that brain. Yeah, so obviously, you know, it's a real big problem. They've landed down here now. <laughs> yeah. So they land on the moon and grief and tragedy and Jeff Goldblum's there. Jeff Goldblum has already gone on his private shuttle to the moon. He's not riding <laughs> yeah. with the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. We need to think of a name for Jeff Goldblum's company. We need to do that right now. I just realized. Okay. <laughs> Which would be easier if we name his character because it could be something off of that. Real quick, Tyler, just before we dive into that, I want to take us over to a brief ad break. I'm excited for this, and I am sure that your sponsor is someone we should all like and subscribe to. Well, they're not actually my sponsor. They're just friends of mine who are launching a podcast, and I really want them to succeed because they're funnier than I am. I don't know the difference between friends and sponsors, but let's listen to it. All right. 
insert audio here, Andrew, do a good job editing. And if I don't actually insert the audio there and I do a bad job editing, please know that I stole that joke from Brian David Gilbert. Are you looking for a podcast that will feed you a fine diet of cereal mascots, product jingles, and incessant advertising campaigns? You remember that little boy? Zoom, zoom. Did he have a secret? <laughs> and that secret? Zoom, zoom. zoom. <laughs> what was he trying? Was he trying to warn us? Zoom, zoom. Are you also looking for a podcast that is super gay and incredibly haunt up? Then the, the Burger King's so thankful yeah. that he sucks off the Duke of Doubt. <laughs> and then he turns into the Duke of Dick. Ad Creeps is a brand new podcast that dissects and corrects the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. Each week, one of the hosts will surprise the other with the amazing hidden history of a notorious advertising campaign. It took 10 years to reveal that he was really America's ambassador of fun. <laughs> what could that possibly mean? Are you ready? Oh my god. <laughs> to party, Al. I'm ready to party? Are you ready to party? We like to party. Not only will they tell you buck wild stories about the commercials you know and love, the hosts will also breathe new life into old ads. We're downtown in yeah. a city. Uh-huh. Uh, a young kid has a McFlurry in hand. Uh-huh. He takes a bite, looks at it, and whips it at a cop. <laughs> ba 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 bum bum. I'm doing my best. Ad Creeps is a show where two queer, trans, and non-binary best friends shoot the shit for half an hour each week, chatting about childhood, nostalgia, and their weird relationship with themselves, each other, and gender. I'm not a girl. I'm not a boy. I'm cartoon fruit. Oh, I'm absolutely cartoon fruit. (laughs) That's the Ad Creeps Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. So you can't stop thinking about it. Well, that sounds exciting, and I want to be part of whatever that was. That I look forward to that. Let's do more of that in the world. Hell yeah. All right. I'm... All right. Now back to talking about this friggin' nonsense. So. I'm just going to Google company name generator. You can probably hear me typing. Mm. Generate. Oh, I have to put words into this? Oh, that's just nonsense. Well, now we need to name him. Okay, I've got it. His name is Clint Time. All right. His like, first name is Clint. And his last name is Time, but like the, the herb. Oh. Like T-H-Y-M. I'm putting Clint Time into the business name generator here. And do a short name, a medium name, or a long name? Let's do medium. Okay, so we're going to go medium. Our name style. Do we want brandable names, a compound word, a foreign word, misspellings, rhyming? <laughs> I want brandable. I think brandable. Yeah, just brandable. We need this to be able to market. All right. Yeah. Clint Time's company name is generating here. It gave me a lot to work with here, but the two that leapt out at me right away are Herbizzle <laughs> and Spicy Vine. <laughs> spicy Vine. Yeah, what else do I have? I have Sweet Pig. I have Uptime, which is actually not bad. I like Uptime. Yeah, Uptime, but spelled like the herb. They come with fucking logos and everything. Oh my gosh, we have to save this and put this somewhere. Herbizzle is ridiculous. Yeah, save all of these. This is important. 
some of them they did not try. Like the one in the bottom right is just McClint. Oh, okay. I think putting an herb in there has given us, if I scroll down at all, it is just like a hundred percent real dispensary names like Skunk Jar and Leaf Dew, Leaf Puff, Lemon Rhino. What a nonsense website. That's amazing. So they're at their crash site, which luckily, as it turns out, is by a space moon buggy graveyard. <laughs> Ooh, so the equivalent of an airplane graveyard, but on the moon for space buggies. For space buggies. So they have to like cobble together moon buggies so that they can now race to the base because they're also running out of air. So it's it's a race against time towards time. Hang on. I think I got too caught up in the corporate name here. They crashed? Well, yeah, half of the ship just exploded. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why, clean I, don't know why I assumed the other half of it landed safely. <laughs> you, you assumed a real clean break down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, so that part just falls off and then the rest of it is fine, right? You know how space works. Yeah, they have to make a real big deal about how much time they have left of oxygen. Um, that's going to be really important later for the IMDb goofs when they note that one character came back way later who obviously would have run out of oxygen by now. Now, we got to give the people what they want, which is corrections to make on IMDb. Okay, if anyone out there who is a community manager for any sort of brand or licensing or whatnot, if all you care about is engagement, if you're not looking at the words they're writing, but the, the fact that they wrote... Nerds will correct something before they compliment it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's 2021. I'm pretty sure that's how we've gotten ourselves into this fucking mess in the first place. Yep. Is there, the, You're going to get way more engagement by putting down an absolutely certain fake fact and claiming that it's the truth than you're ever going to get by just doing quality content. <laughs> so, How is it still September 1993? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Anyways. Yes, keep going. <clears throat> So this triggers, of course, the dune buggy build race montage, which is what we've wanted here. <laughs> we've now gone three whole pages and they have not had an action sequence or done something which is physically, when you think about it, completely impossible. It's just like montage, tragedy, montage. It's what they would have wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First, they have to, like, make little graves <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> little space graves. Oh, Dom could hang his necklace on one. No, 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 no. As it so happens, they crashed near the original Apollo moon landing spot. <laughs> so there's already an American flag there. Oh, nice. Bury, bury everybody in a row, like right in front of that. And then he hangs his cross on the flag. Okay, give me a moment. Give me a moment for this. They dig it all up. And he's like, wait, there's something under the dust. And that's when he picks up the flag. Oh, the explosion is knocked over. Yeah. And he goes, like, got a bit of dust on you. And he, like, cleans it off. <laughs> yeah, and then sets it back up. So that's the triumphant shot, like, because it's, like, them tragically, like, digging the graves. And then it's, like, okay. And then you get, like, the zoom out of the American flag. And then the pan over to them walking away. The earth will be framed perfectly behind them so that, like, America is right behind the flag. <laughs> God. I want to take that again without my cat yelling at me, but I can't remember what my joke was anymore. We're keeping the cat in. Hi, cat. Damn it. <laughs> this is real. This is real life in quarantine, everyone. I've been trapped by my guest. I can't edit this out. No, you're welcome. Everyone wants to hear kitty noises. Don't deprive them of this. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Anyways. It's so good. Anyways. All our friends have died. America is great. Let's get over to the space graveyard. Yeah, so they've been noticing, though, on all the cars, a bunch of the parts are emblazoned with a CT that is not the company logo mm. 
for for clint time yeah. but it is like, like everything has a ct on it they're like oh like has he how long has he had bases up here for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're like you know like he's a crazy billionaire he does whatever he wants whatever yeah so they finally get to the base and the door's wide open waiting for them and they just walk right in mm-hmm. and they're like oh that's so weird like why are they just letting us in if they've kidnapped our friend and yeah like what's going on here and they get there, and that's when Cypher, like Charlie's there on in her chair, turns around. Right. In this, like, you know, the big main control room where she's like, you know, obviously she has the high ground and they underestimate their power. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wall of screens, really tall chair. Yeah. So she's up above there in like the kind of the killing floor area. And then a hand falls on her shoulder. And who is it? Oh, it's Jeff Goldblum standing behind her. Dun, dun, dun. And he says, you've done good, daughter. <laughs> gasp it turns out the ct was for cypher time (laughs) (laughs) that explains so much this is how she's been funded this whole time is what's going on jeff goldblum just wanted a show and she's been trying to impress him by egging on the most energetic drag racers known to me yep this actually though this this really helps explain i thought it was weird that they gave her a catchphrase in nine where every time she appeared on screen she'd be like it's cypher time and i'd be like that doesn't really work now yeah that was odd now Now it makes sense yeah we thought she might have died in nine but no she's back here in town she's back here and she's jeff goldblum's daughter she's jeff goldblum's daughter so now they've got this whole setup and like motorcycles start circling around them and it's like a space gang that they fire. Is this like on the ground or is this just like a wall of death? I guess you could do that a lot easier on the moon. It has to be a wall of death. So it's like motorcycles and shit like zooming around on the walls of this like space, I don't know, I guess stadium or coliseum, whatever they're trapped in. Yeah. So they're doing all of this and they're like, it would take the most insane stunt you can imagine to get out of this mess yeah and that's when dominic looks up at them i'm so proud of this moment dominic looks up at them and says well then it's great that you sent the best and he pulls off his mask but it's still just vin diesel <laughs> but he's got the triple x tattoo on the back of his neck <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh my! But he's wearing like a full face mask for this. I'm picturing the full like fucking Mission Impossible like yeah, the stretch down tears it all off, and it's still just Vin Diesel. And they're like, "What?" And then the camera does like a wraparound pan of his head to the back of his neck. Yeah, and then they whip turn to the the tied up yeah Xander Cage they have, and he's ripping off his mask <laughs> to show that he doesn't have the tattoo. Done. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I thought of this first. <laughs> and then just work backwards from there. And the fact that I managed to wait like 40 minutes into this conversation to get here makes me so proud of myself. Oh my god, I have literal tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And just Dom just clotheslines one of the guys off his bike mm-hmm. and just starts doing an amazing thing around the like, thing here. Uh, I think you might have misspoke there since you said that Dom does that. Oh, sorry. Xander. Xander. Clotheslines a guy off of his bike. <laughs> Holy shit. And it's very low G. So he's doing some astounding tricks and stuff. And he's like flips and all this. And in no way is it super obviously just a CG weightless body floating around <laughs> with a deep fake Vin Diesel face on it. It looks exactly like the fucking featureless crash test dummy model that they projected Taylor Swift's face onto for cats. Yeah. Hanging from a moon, dropping catnip on everybody. 
So now is when the back door behind Cypher and Jeff Goldblum blows out, and that's when John Cena comes in. So it's it's all it's all starting to pay off now. I'm assuming this has got to be the movie's like climax. Yeah, and it's like good to see you, brother. They like do the thing, but little do they know this space base is actually a space station, and it starts the launch program. Mm, okay, another good countdown. Red blinky number. So they're about to go to space twice in this movie. <laughs> They're going to go to space while in space. Well, the first time they went to space fast, and this time they go furious, right? Furiously. Yeah, you need both to make the whole thing. Once just really quickly with Space Nos, and then the other time while punching. So again, somewhere in here, computer hacking, looking at a map, telling people directions, some MacGuffin they have to get to start or stop something. Listen, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the big beats. (laughs) This is where Natalie Emanuel comes back in. This is where Natalie Emanuel comes back in, and they're like, if only we had some way back into the system. And that's when, like, the screens all blip over, and it's her, like, outside hacking it from, like, one of those little, like, arm tablets that they somehow have built in, like, Buzz Lightyear style. Yeah, Natalie Emanuel. Manuel is just out there on the surface of the moon, like, in no way should she have enough oxygen, in no way should she have landed on the moon, and she's just fucking iPad strapped to her arm. I got this! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the space station is, it's launching off, um, and it's, like, all of it's saying that they're heading to Mars. They're like, oh no, we'll never all make it to Mars together. <laughs> so, Cypher manages to get in a ship and blast off, just like freaking Dr. Claw style. Like, she's, that's her for the movie. She's done now. She's just gone. But Jeff Goldblum is horrified that his daughter left him. He's like, oh no, like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And he tries to get into a fist fight with John Cena. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Jeff Goldblum? You should have seen this coming because we've been telling you the most important thing is family. And you didn't teach your daughter that and she abandoned you on the goddamn moon. Exactly. So his family left him. And I'm so proud of what I'm about to say. (laughs) Please. So they push Jeff Goldblum into a spacesuit and drag him outside so he can watch his daughter blast off without him. (laughs) So it's Jeff Goldblum, Vin Diesel, and John Cena and Xander Cage (laughs) all outside in spacesuits. I love how only one of them is Vin Diesel. (laughs) It's Vin Diesel and Xander Cage. Vin Diesel and Xander Cage. Please continue. So John Cena is like holding Jeff Goldblum so that both of the Diesels can talk to him. (laughs) And Diesel, I'm so, this is the worst thing I've ever written. Um, Diesel says, this is one small step for man. And Xander leans in and says, and one giant kick to your ball. (laughs) And they kick Jeff Goldblum into orbit. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I said I thought this through. And uh, you prepared for this. And yeah, so they get back onto the ship, they get Natalie Emmanuel on board. They reprogram it for a real rocky re-entry. And that's when they realize that they're coming in at the wrong angle and they have to Tokyo drift the space (laughs) shuttle. To get the proper alignment so it can, like, land in the ocean. And that, obviously, is where Han comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the only one who's able to handle a drift of that magnitude. Yeah, it's it's the biggest drift ever attempted by man. They finally all survive and get out, and there's just a small man there with a clipboard from the Guinness Book of World Records. Please sign here. <laughs> yeah, so they get out, and they're all, like, exhausted, and Vin Diesel looks over at Xander Cage, and they do, like, the, like, really forceful bro handshake air thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Xander Cage's last line is, all right, next time, I'm driving. <laughs> credits. Yeah, play the pop song you want to go number one. Yeah, roll credits, baby. <laughs> but, but, 
mid-credit sequence. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, you brought Samuel L. Jackson into this movie. There has to be a mid-credits and a post credit sequence. There's no way we can get away with not having one. So, mid-credit sequence. That's when we get Jeff Goldblum's frozen corpse floating through space. Still clutching his balls. And then you hear Charlize Theron through the headset. Did they buy it? And his eyes snap open. And he's like, it's all going to plan. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut from that mm-hmm. back to credits oh back to credits and then we get to the end credits yeah. and that is when we get samuel L. jackson coming in and he's like you know what i see here three toretto brothers three x's i think we're gonna have to get x three <laughs> <laughs> so he recruits all the torettos into the triple x program, program. Yeah. now the next movie yeah takes place in the triple X unit. I like it. They, yeah. Then they can go back and forth. Right. They, can, they right. can follow that. I mean, they're already trying to follow that star Wars, like main, main film, spinoff film each year, yeah, like with yeah. the other one, but now they have a third option as well. And then I imagine also right at the end, ice cube runs in and he's like, I was also in the triple X movie. I'm here too. Well, I remember when he shows up in the, like, Xander Cage, he's like, I was waiting for somebody to dial nine. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was, like, his code thing yeah. in the other movie everyone forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> like, he drops it like it was some famous film phrase. <laughs> it's like, nah. <laughs> I had to look that up. So anyways, you know, there's some missing gaps in there, but that's why t- writing is a team sport. But that's that that overall is my pitch Okay. for uh, Fantastic, uh, or FFX. FFX. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic i keep having to correct myself every time i say ffx in the next sentence i just want to say final fantasy x and i'm like wait no no yeah so they wear three quarters of pants and a lot of belts <laughs> holy shit yeah. okay so we've got <laughs> we, we have successfully crossed over the fast and furious universe and the triple x universe we have a lot of brothers, both secret and otherwise. A lot of brothers. The, the fucking double reveal of like... <laughs> I'm so proud. And I love that it can't just be like scrubbing the tattoo off. It has to be the full mask. Yeah, it's not just like a temporary tattoo that started to peel or anything. It's just like, no, no. I've been wearing a silicone face mask as your prisoner for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is the problem that I run into. Well, there's two problems that I run into every single episode of this podcast. One, why did I choose a fucking genre where Elon Musk's name comes up so much? I'm sorry. It's it's okay. It's not your fault. This is 100% my fault. The second thing that happens to me is I get to the end of the episode and I'm like, shit. Well, now I want to watch that movie. I want to watch this movie. (laughs) This sounds great. I mean, I am a professional writer with a degree in English literature. So, you know, I got my credentials under my belt. I've written franchise. I know what's going on. Okay. I always wondered what would have happened if I finished my degree instead of dropping out. Oh, well, in the words of John Mulaney, I paid someone $20,000 so I could claim I read a bunch of books and then I didn't. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I paid somebody $120,000 to tell me to read Jane Austen <laughs> and then I didn't. And then I didn't. <laughs> When I was graduating, one of my professors pinning the shawl to my robe yeah. said, I guess you don't have to read all the books to graduate. And I just shouted, guess not, and walked off down the quad. <laughs> Amazing. In the words of my dad, C's get degrees. Yep. <laughs> that was an incredible pitch. Thank you. 
Thank you. I've been thinking about it since uh, you brought up this being a podcast in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And then literally my first one was like, okay, we start off, like we just, you know what? Don't start in the airplane, start halfway down the parachute jump. That's what you want to do. We want to be on on the moon first scene. And then like one of your episodes, you're like, yes, you don't start in space. Maybe start in space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but hey, you've proven me wrong. It's not a rule anymore. You can start in space. Here's the thing. You can start in space so long as someone else goes to space. Yeah. Well, we never actually specify who the they is. So, like, Mm -hmm. it can be the heroes. It can be the villains. It can be the crew. Or, I don't know, it's been 10 movies. It's it's 2021. Maybe a member of Dom's crew is non-binary now, and they are the one person who is going to space. It's fair. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. I want to watch this movie. I'm very proud of myself. I had a couple moments there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should like holy shit i'm not joking when i say i've been cry laughing for half of this all right tyler thank you very much for being a wonderful guest you want to just kind of tell folks where to find you yeah you can find me on tiktok that's my favorite spot to post stuff mm-hmm. it's just mr nickel m-i-s-t-e-r-n-i-c-k-e-l mm-hmm. on tiktok you can see me do weird cosplays and dress like a demon and mm-hmm try to dance well thank you again very much oh you're welcome thank you for giving us this platform to discuss one of the most important things right now which is something so frivolous that it might actually distract us from our mortal lives for an hour god yes please well right sorry everybody but this episode of the podcast is over and now it's time to go back to your mortal lives <laughs>